Hey, it's Logan. I wanted to make an announcement before we start. If you're not already a member, our Patreon just released the sequel special for 2020, which was a sequel to the Tales from the Loop season. So if you were a fan of our Tales from the Loop season, we continued the story right where it left off, actually. And all the kids go to Gen Con. It's neat. You should check it out. That's available to anybody on the Patreon. So a patron at any level has access to the sequel special uh, this year and last year. So we have a uh, Uncharted World sequel special as well. And then additionally, if you back us at $5, you'd get access to all of the extras that we put out. We put out an extra show every month. Uh, so we've been doing that. It's There's a lot. There's a lot of content. If you're looking for us being goofy or some extra game stuff, because we have learning episodes of all the games, uh, yeah, check out our Patreon new cool stuff there yeah here's the show That's the only part I know. Sorry. I missed the whole part. We all talked about it. There's another <laughs> one where you say, let's all go to the lobby. And then you say, and buy ourselves a snack. And buy ourselves let's a snack. Let's all go to the lobby and buy ourselves a snack. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Wheels. I'm Logan. I'm Lee. And I'm Greg. And I want a tab. So, uh, intermission things. This would normally be what I would say all the things that I did to randomize. But you, you ended up seeing most of that. In Agents of the ODD, you saw me randomize what city, and then we got Toledo. You saw me randomize what Toledo location we were going to use, and then most of the rest of it came from your characters, randomization, and then one little, uh, and then also in the background, I randomized some things about the aliens and their motives, but I kind of want to keep those hidden so they seem completely inscrutable in a strange way so like i actually don't really have a lot of randomization stuff to explain so do we want to just start with uh what y'all thought of odd and your characters sure yeah um who wants to go first i I can go first how did anita run this time i felt so much better about anita like i just Mm. felt like she fit in and she had stuff I, i don't know like um she came into her own i think like right yeah yeah, became a fully realized character. Like I knew how she would react to stuff, and I'm sorry, <clears throat> I ate a bunch of, I mean, I drank a bunch of soda just now, and then I was like, I'll talk. <laughs> um. Anyway, and I don't know. I just felt, had a good feeling about her, and she's fun to play. <laughs> yeah, like just being overconfident in a way that she mostly backs up. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Right. And it worked like the main I think the main instance of that, like near the end is like when you let the bigger of the two socks go in the magic, like, mm-hmm. yep, it'll work. And it does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like I had kind of decided in my head, like what it would do. 
And then it was just up to whether or not you were confident enough. And of course, Anita was confident enough. Yeah. And I think that that really, yeah, that really came through this season. Yeah. And I think that the ODD is like a great place for her. So it, um, you know, like it's weird that her handler really wasn't digging the job he was doing. And Anita's like, well, I like it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um, the, we're, we're going to make another hundred year jump, right? Um, We can go wherever we can go wherever we want. Uh, that'll be what we see in the microscope game, kind of what we build out. Um, but we could either go to some other time, like the next the next bit could be a prequel, a interquel, or a you know sequel chronologically if we want it to be. So okay, well, I'm just saying that yeah, Anita's out and about doing weird stuff, so she could be in the squeakquel as well. Nice. <laughs> uh, Bud or Herman, who wants to go next? You can go, Greg. I'll go. So it was, I, Sud was so 100%, this is why I'm here, and these are the sacrifices I make, and Herman was fun in the fact that it was, I don't really know why I'm here, I don't think I'm supposed to be here, mm. and everything's <laughs> terrible, and I sound like this, and I don't really know who I am. It was fun to play Herman in a way that, like, everything, he approached everything so tentatively, and just sort of had to think everything through instead of like the charge ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to stab it. Or yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this <laughs> thing at the end that completely alters who I am and traps me into this place. Like there was never a hesitation with Sud, and then it was all hesitation with Herman. But I mm-hmm. love Herman very, very much. In one way, in some way, like Herman was a really clever way. I mean, you lucked into it with the changeling thing because yeah. you randomly rolled it. But uh, the way that you interpreted it uh, kind of was a cheat code for these little half season length chapters that we're doing with this anthology, because like while it normally takes us like seven to ten episodes to really figure out who our character is, finding out who Herman is was kind of Herman's arc yeah. to begin with. So like <laughs> as you were figuring out, he who he was he was as well yeah i w- did want to, we haven't talked about like you and i haven't talked about that kind of ending for herman that we improvised with you know you searching for the other you yeah did you want to get it, into that more yeah i think like that that event of finding his other self and being able to let go of that guilt was a big change for herman like period always yeah. understanding that i live and thinking that I live because this other kid maybe died or who knows what happened. And then that sort of parallel of, oh, you actually still do exist in a very different form. And I still exist in a very different form, I think, gives Herman a a release of, OK, I actually get to live a life. I don't feel like I stole yeah, a he, life. He gets given permission to live yeah, a life. Like, yeah. I get to live my life. I didn't steal it. Also, like the realization that this may have been the fourth time I've been around or or even more like that. There's this other realm where I existed for an unknown amount of time before I was placed in this situation makes Herman is a very interesting person. And the fact that I mean, literally, no matter how far we jump, unless somebody actively hunted Herman down and killed him, like he has changed and just stuck around swapping lives for however long he wants to stay on Earth. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> what about Bud, Lee? Bud was fun. 
I feel like I started out with Bud, like, had one idea of him in my head of, like, you know, he's just a, he is a cryptid, so he's kind of in the world and does these jobs for the ODD. But, like, I did that scene with his kids. I don't really even now remember why I did that or, like, why I chose that as his intro. I can't remember what made me do that. But anyway, because I did, and then all of the action ended up being, like, right there where his family was. It, like, kind of changed who who he was for me, where it was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I I don't want to be in this ODD thing anymore. I got to. Yeah, yeah. Like. I gotta take care of my family. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm doing crazy stuff. It was like it was fine when like they were driving you out all the way to Cincinnati for <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But now this is in my backyard. I don't I don't know if I like this. Yeah. So um that was kind of fun to have that like sort of discover that about him on the way. How did you feel about playing a dude? I know that was like is this I think this is your first mm-hmm. in a main season. And, yeah. and I know that was like you were like hesitant to do it good um i i do it's so funny there was a moment early on and i've thought about it a few times and now obviously i can't even think what it is but when i put myself in the shoes of a man i only can see that from the viewpoint of my experience of men as a woman Mm -hmm. and i immediately like started treating people shitty (laughs) (laughs) i said something to anita like right off and i was like man i don't think i think highly (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that's funny yeah i thought that was interesting that i was like wow i immediately gave myself license to be an asshole because i was a guy (laughs) (laughs) so that was yeah, and I'm obviously not trying to say that I think guys are assholes, but it is a thing that, like, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, masculinity is often expressed in those ways, even if it doesn't need to. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a common example to go to. Yeah, I also think like that was also more common in the '40s. Like, probably, there yeah, was yeah a for whole sure. A lot of of make way for the men coming back from the war and all that crap, like. But yeah, I mean, it was. But I almost could feel myself being like, "Yeah, you'd be pretty if you smiled." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like that's where my like. I I just don't think I like putting myself in that mm-hmm. position to like. I don't even know what I'm trying to say because I think this makes me sound terrible or like that I have awful <laughs> opinions of men. But no, I but, mean, but I think I think it it elucidates like the reasons why. It, like it might on the offset seem like eh, it'd be it's simple to play or. A different gender than your own because you know it's you're just playing characters anyway but like it shows like there are a lot of like things overlapping and Mm -hmm. things influencing that that make it uh, a more difficult exercise for sure yeah I think I would have a much easier time doing it in a friend game where we Mm -hmm. don't take the role playing quite as seriously Mm -hmm. than in this where like to me the role playing is the point of this So for like here, I do feel too much like my characters to to do it. Huh. I think successfully. Like I just didn't. I didn't mind being Bud, and once I got comfortable yeah. with it, I think if I did it more, I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think there was just that 
when you don't know what to do, you fall back on like your stereotypes. Yeah. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Boy, I guess I learned <laughs> some things about what I think. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I, d I didn't feel like Bud acted like a men's rights activist or anything. I didn't no, think so either. No, either. I don't think he did either. But I guess when you are the person inside your own head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, wow, what am I thinking right now? <laughs> what is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, like I said, once I got comfortable with it, I don't I don't think I really thought about it at all. And I think definitely I certainly, you know, Bud wasn't very different from any of my other characters. And like, in, oh, I thought he I thought day, temperamentally I, he was he was the way that he was kind of like. He was. He spoke the, the, the speaking slowly <laughs> mm -hmm. and more laid back, and uh, you know, like his his anxiety is more internal. Like, yeah, I yeah. thought there were some differences there. Oh, yeah. yeah, like most of the characters you play are really like know exactly like when they feel a feeling, they're like, "That's I got I got to let everybody know this uh, mm -hmm. because it's important." And if mm -hmm. Bud feels a feeling, he licks his eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then again, like, I think you could wonder, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I don't know. I don't know that I'll play any more male characters for a while. Yeah, you but, don't gotta. Well, sure, yeah. But I do think it's a interesting exercise, and I think mm -hmm. it's um, worth talking about and thinking about, you know. And uh, I love Bud. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, too. I really enjoyed Bud, too. Yeah, he was fun. I also love that we, like... Got to know the Loveland frog. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. like that mythology <laughs> yeah. is mm -hmm. wild and mm -hmm. neat. We got to see that musical. Yes. I, <laughs> I tried to look up for the lyrics and stuff. <laughs> it's, but I could not find it. Seems pretty, yeah, it seems pretty small time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to segue into, like I said, I didn't want to give away the randomness of. The aliens, um, but one bit of the randomness that I got meant that the aliens themselves were kind of, uh, what would be a good way to describe that? Like, kind of like accident prone and like, maybe not accident prone, but like, seems like they're not even paying attention is, is kind of the <laughs> effect that I kind of wanted to give to communicate the kind of secret things going behind the scenes because they like had so much more going on that they were act actively dealing with that they were just kind of passively dealing with earth and earth problems. Oh. So I'm curious on the other side of that screen, what what that felt like to I interface with these the aliens that weren't really giving you much info. I mean, I think it succeeded in what you wanted to do, which was that yeah. they felt like their, their concerns were beyond us, but mm -hmm. whatever choices they made really affected us. Yeah, yeah. I sort of felt like in that second meeting, they were like, we don't want to deal with this, but you're mm -hmm. too dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we have to. Like, mm -hmm. that was definitely that, that scene in <laughs> the forest where I'm like, you know, we do yeah. have, this is a walking frog, time magic, and I can shapeshift, so like. Turn into sticks and mud. Maybe we got this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not exactly incapable apes. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely was like, okay, these people just, they don't think a lot about us people who can't fly in space yet. Yeah, for sure. 
This was a weird. I mean, both of these chapters have been strange for me to run, and I I think I'm I, I'm coming to grips with just horror is re, is quite difficult mm-hmm. to run. Mm-hmm. I felt for both of these like I was I've been kind of flailing, and I think in this chapter I kind of put a clean finger on why, which is that I need to take agency away from the three of you in order, or rather from the three of your characters to make you feel like the situation is actually scary. Like Mm. to actually scare you, I have to be like, no, it doesn't go how you expect. It's worse because it's actually horrifying. Like (laughs) like, I have to be, I have to really take a lot from you. Uh, And I think like I, as a GM struggle with like creating a situation where I am both taking a lot from you and leaving you with enough to play off of, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds like a hard needle to thread. So this one in particular was was even more difficult for me than than Slayers, um, but I think it was a cool exercise for us because it meant that a lot of what I ended up doing was improvised more than I usually do because that way I could completely go off like where your directions were so that it was like I, I could take all of it from you or whatever still and, and make you feel like you're lacking information and then I just go wherever you do right where you're like oh well we want to like or, or the example of like Herman like reaching into the magic for his other self like I had no idea what it was going to be when you reached that magic rift mm-hmm. but I was like well I've taken away enough to make it intimidating Hopefully I've left enough that the three of you can like follow those threads. So that's kind of an insight into what I was trying to do uh, there. But uh, wow, that was <laughs> some of the most difficult GMing I've had to do is for this chapter. Wow. Um, just because it it felt hard to prep for 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 a lot of those reasons. Mm. But um, I think I'm not. <laughs> I think after next chapter, I think I'm done with horror because I don't think I'm the GM <laughs> for it. But. <laughs> Like, I think I made it kind of work, but it do- I don't think it comes naturally to me, you know? Yeah. Well, I thought you did a good job because it is very easy to, um, when you're taking things away from your players and kind of leaving it up to them, it's like, as a player, you feel like, okay, but then, now I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, I don't understand yeah, where I'm supposed yeah. to go. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. But I never felt that way during the season. Yeah. Like, I always felt like I That's at least good. had enough to go on to know, like, well, I can go try this, or I can go try that, or I can go talk to this person. Whereas, like, I've definitely played games where I'm like, I don't know yeah. what you want from me. I don't know where I'm supposed to go from here. Right. You're going to have to make something else happen because I'm stuck. <laughs> one one kind of, like, thing I was able to lean on was to just, like, be fine throwing out just a ton of loose ends because that meant, like, if I did ever put you in the spot where it doesn't seem like there was anything to do, at least there were those yeah. old random things <laughs> that I made up three weeks before or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I, so that was one thing that I did think helped me out. I, mean, I think one of the things that you have done very well on both of these is when we have agency and choices, a lot of the times those choices all feel bad. Yeah. And it's like, that's where the horror comes in. Like, yes, I have mm-hmm. agency to do bad thing A or bad <laughs> thing B. And there or are dangerous no things see yeah, or, or whatever. And, yeah. and there are no other options. Like we are the yeah. only people that get to deal with this. And I think there's, it's a different level of horror. It's a diff. It's, yeah. it's, it's a different 
sort of like, like, like jump scare the thing is going to get you is the horror of all my choices are bad and I have to make one and I have to live with it. Mm-hmm. That's that was what I was thinking was like horror can be a lot of things like it can. Yeah, it can just be a mood or a setting. And I think this is absolutely like an X-Files thing, which is like we have some. Investigators, yeah, yeah. There's weird shit going down and that totally fits into horror. My brother always jokes with me that like 60% of X-Files episodes are Mulder and Scully arrive at a weird place. Weird stuff happens to other people there and they see it and then they leave. Yeah, that's that's pretty valid. Yep. (laughs) Which I guess, I don't know. It's like, it, it makes for a good storytelling frame. And I think it did here too, for that same reason that like I could just bring you somewhere. Do we want to get to microscope or do we want to chat about other things? No, I I think microscope is good. Cool. Yeah. uh, I figure we can do like uh, a few rounds maybe, or I guess we'll see. We'll see what we feel depending on time. So if we recall, uh, we already have some things on our board. We have the 1800s, uh, and we have the 1900s. We've had chapters in both 1800s, mid-1800s being Slayers, mid-1900s being ODD. Within the 1800s, uh, in addition to that, uh, in addition to Slayers, we also had an event we put there, which was uh, magic retreating. Uh, and we kind of saw that play out in the 1900s as well. But that's where we specifically put the event in this microscope game. Uh, and then we also... Uh, in the 1800s had an event dealing with the folks of the depths essentially cutting off contact with the outside world to to a certain degree or, or at least more than we had seen before uh, and that was kind of the second event that we had in the 1800s and so that's our microscope board as is we have the opportunity to either add like add another column add another century if we want we can add additional events uh, oh, one the other event that we had in the 1900s was that science was kind of overtaking magic. Um, and we can add additional events to any of those uh, century columns, or we could add scenes to the events and play out a little scene to show what the event looked like. I, I know we need to get in there. The thing that um, Herman ended on, which was that like eventually the ODD... Yeah. It's bad. Like that's an that's an event. Mm, I guess. But they have an idea of what happens. Okay, so you should go first. Uh, so let's see. Decide which player will start. That player becomes the first lens. I think that's Greg. Yeah. The lens declares the current focus of the game. Before we did only one round, so there was only ever one focus. Uh, but we can do two, or maybe cut it and make another episode if we want, or or something. But if we feel like one round isn't enough, don't worry. We can do more. But Greg, as the lens, you declare the focus of the game for now, uh, which is the part of history you're going to explore uh, for this round. I think it is the post-Cold War 90s and sort of the aftershock of what the entire Cold War meant for all government agencies. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the 90s is when that threat, like, you're building up weapons during the Cold War because you're going towards the the end result being war and then that stops but you still have all these weapons yeah maybe the maybe the a broader way to put that is just that the focus is on the cold war and its aftermath that's what we'll call the focus for this round 
Each player takes a turn either creating a period, event, or scene. The lens goes first, uh, then go around the table to, to the left. <laughs> we'll figure out what, what that means for us. But Greg, so yeah, do you want to add a period, an event, or a scene? I will add an event. An event in the 1900s, I assume. Yeah. Uh, and what are we calling it? So I think it is, it's 87 when the government officially takes over the ODD. Hmm. Hmm. Like there is <laughs> the the founder is gone. Yeah. And they have been sailing on a mission for a while and in the ramp up and consolidation of power before everything ends in the 90s. Uh they're like what if there really is magic and we could actually weaponize it. And I think the government mm-hmm. finally just steps in and says turn over everything we are taking over. That makes sense to me. I like that because like during, yeah, during the Cold War, presumably if these types of things existed in our history, there's no reason that the government wouldn't also expand its, you know, militaristic and uh, kind of expansionist arms into the supernatural as well. They could keep it a secret from everybody Mm -hmm. only for so long before. We weren't doing a great job. Nah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I guess one way to plug that in, plug that hole of information is to just absorb the yeah. ODD. Yeah. So I think like they still keep the name, but it is entirely mm-hmm. a government, and it's no longer catalog them and make sure that you know they're hidden and dealt with. It's catalog them and how can we use this? And I think that's the mission change that Herman ultimately leaves over. Cool. I like that. Whoever wants to go next. Do any of you have an idea for a period, event, or a scene? Well, I think the aliens come back, right? It doesn't have to be the same aliens. But, like, I, I think I, the crux of it is different aliens. This time they're plants or giants, whichever. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that'll be, yeah. And now the government can't keep it quiet because too many people have seen it. There's cell phones now. Like, we skip forward oh, enough cool. years that... You know, it's more not now, now, but like it's like a clover, some something like a clover field disaster or yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's like you can't say we didn't see the. <laughs> yeah, I, I maybe it is giants because I like the idea for the listener: giants and plant uh, and carnivorous plants were our two options for next chapter based on what I randomly det- rolled at the very beginning of this. So. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards giants because if your idea is that it's something that... I still like the idea of giant carnivorous plants. I'm not going to lie. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just combine (laughs) the two and it's giant carnivorous plants and it's like, how can you not... Yeah, It's right there. (laughs) Isn't that... I mean, I sort of feel like it's that, you know, in the 21st century or in the future, the aliens come back and the government's response is we must protect ourselves and they unleash giant carnivorous plants as our defense and like maybe oh, but i still like the idea of it's like giant carnivorous plants from venus or whatever and they were yeah. like <laughs> oh yeah bitch here it's we are a little shop of horrors like yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. Real, the real ending <laughs> <laughs> i've never seen it but i know what aubrey is uh, yeah aubrey audrey too audrey, is yeah is a is an alien but in the original ending uh, and i think it was the ending of the play, right? But uh, it was the ending of the play. It was also the ending of the movie before they audiences were like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> but it, it's not like a happy ending. No, uh, Audrey makes contact with their the rest of their 
species and the world dies because of giant carnivorous plants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. So yeah, like that. <laughs> and I, I like the idea. So I, I think we can just call that event to be like, call it like invasion for real. You know, like the, <laughs> the last one, you kind of bumped into aliens in ODD and this is a real invasion of a, yeah. of a r- different kind. When do you think that happens, Lee, since you're creating the event? Um, when... Let's see. I uh 2010. Okay. Yeah. Good camera phones exist. You cannot hide this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ODD is already fully fully the government. Yeah, like yeah. it's had enough years under the government thumb to be just there's nothing left of the autonomy that it used to have. Yeah. Cool. Um I want to add a scene. Um I guess I'll put it under Greg's event but but i uh, of the the cold war and the aftermath and kind of the uh the arms race the supernatural arms race but it is i but i think the scene i want to do i want to have it kind of be showing like the moment that lee's event starts the moment that that invasion starts that and it kind of shows like what i want is like the government's response to be like depending on your perspective like scarily uh ready like the first time the invasion happens, like the carnivorous plants are like stamped out and it's horrifying because it's like, wow, the government has been building these weapons for so long. We had no idea what our government had like was capable of, but because of like the event that Greg mentioned, like stuff has been building. So that's kind of the scene I want to do. Does anyone want to like, if I like narrate a giant carnivorous plant fight, would y'all be willing to be some like bystanders running around like having an actual scene of it? <laughs> you know that's my We're shit. We're live with News Channel Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, do you want to do uh, like have uh, Lee as a reporter interviewing uh, Logan as a bystander? Sure. And I can describe what's happening out in the in the background. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Give me some description yeah. first, so I know. Yeah, what's so my motivation. Uh, what I want to do with the scene is like actually sh- kind of show that realization. So I think at first it's just the plant, and it, we're like in a major city. Call it like, ooh, let's just do random city picker. Hey. I got Austin, so this will be this will be in Austin, Texas. Fuck yeah, I never have to change my accent. <laughs> and I think I, I think the way that these creatures, or at least this this first invasion, you know, maybe we'll see later ones down the line but this first invasion i think the 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 plant creatures they're carnivorous in that they're they have these really long kind of branches and then at the end of the branches are these leaf-like structures that have like a dissolving enzyme and it just like they just like pick things up and it dissolves in their hands and then into their branches and i but i think the rest of them doesn't move like they are rooted in place and one has just like sprung up oh that's so cool in the city and it's just reaching around and and it just starts dissolving organic matter in its little hands so that's where we start in its cute little hands (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay i'm here live on the scene with news channel 4 Sir, can you tell me what you saw? It picked up my dog, and <laughs> the, she melted. She started melting. Uh, why are we still here? We have to run away. It picked up your dog and melted it? 
yeah, it's got weird hands. They're kind of cute, but then it picked up the dog and it wasn't cute at all. Well, that does sound disturbing. I think now it's like picked up a fire hydrant, uh, thinking it was like organic matter and it even dissolves through that metal. Uh, and it, there's like, so there's just all this water shooting in the middle of the street. Uh, pure pandemonium. I'm getting um, word from the studio. They're telling me, uh, yes, they're saying we should move down the street away from we the- should, <laughs> We should run away as fast as possible. <laughs> it seems to have picked that man up. <laughs> what happens now is just like, well, first you see a V formation of jets flying through and, but then it's kind of a blink and you'll miss it thing because presumably one of the jets did something, but even in, like, obviously this becomes like a really well-documented event, and even in the footage it's kind of hard to see, but it does look like something moves from the jet to the creature, to the plant, and I think there's just like a little, like, sound, and then the creature just like gets sucked in and it imploded into itself, and then it's just gone. John, I don't know what you can see in the studio, but it seems like the creature has just vanished. There were planes above the sky. They looked military, and suddenly, well, I I just can't find it anywhere. I don't see anything. This woman is such a professional. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a man was melted in front of her. She, she will not be rattled. She has worked hard for this position, and she will not give it up. Uh, I think the broadcast ends with, like, there are these, like, black uh, SUVs driving through, like, all the major streets of the city, so even on your live broadcast... John, there's some men coming out of the van. I don't know if you can see this, but they're, they're asking me to... Oh, they've taken the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that does... Yeah, that's absolutely what happens. I'm being like, to the van, John. And, like, the, the, the video cuts, but you can still hear the audio from their speakers that are saying, like, the situation is handled... Vote in the millage to in- increase our our budget for the next in the next election. And it, it's just like uh, it's just uh, joking about that bit. I probably doesn't actually say that, but I think it's just like a ladies and gentlemen, remain calm, return to your homes. We have it under control. And it's just striking how immediate and quick that response was. Like for as terrifying as that invasion was in. I, and I think it was just an invasion of the in a few United States cities since we've been focusing on, on U.S. history a lot. So, and I think that in each of those cities, it's startling how quick the government's response was, and that's like half of what's scary about the whole event. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's the end of that scene. I think so. Is there anyone who hasn't added an event or a scene or a period? I have not. This is sort of a smaller thing, but yeah, I think that Anita is really, I mean, obviously disillusioned the same as Herman was, but doesn't have the same sort of freedom to just leave because she doesn't have anything. Mm. Mm. And I think that they kind of like hold that over her for a long time until she's able to sort of like just say fuck it and go off the grid. So she still does like freelance. Um Odd stuff. Yeah. So would she be like seventy now? Is that how that is that the timing? 
we were in the yeah 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 she'd be she'd be pretty old but I mean still yeah. doing sure yeah still doing seven year olds can kick it I was just question I was yeah. just curious mm-hmm. if my math was right <laughs> I I also think that she probably ages slower now oh, mm. okay well right yeah because of all the time weirdness yeah. so what how what do you think she looks like like she's seventy but what do you think like I think in her thirties looks thirties yeah like well cool. yeah how long do you think she stayed through the government's uh, acquisition and transformation of the ODD. I think it was probably like, it probably took her a year to realize, Oh, I can't even be like a positive force here to like Mm -hmm. change this. It's not worth it. And then like another year to figure out her escape plan. So yeah. Yeah. So probably like we said late nineties was when they took over. Right. So probably like 87 is I think what Greg said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They started in like 87. Oh, 87 is when they started taking over. So they were done by the, okay. So then she probably at like 1990 is when she was out of there. Cool. I think we'll call that, that little bit of narration, like a scene within that, Mm -hmm. within that Greg's event. Just so, you know, we got microscope words to call everything. Yeah. I love that. I think that gives us a lot to chew on. Yeah. (laughs) Going forward. Do y'all want to do any other scenes or events or anything? Or do we want to call it there? I think, I was trying to think. Uh, I feel like um, that thing with blood probably needs mm, a little mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I was thinking that too. I think the I think the depths need to come back in the last chapter. I think it, I think like that's got to be the you know you check offs the depths. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it needs, if you introduce it in the first act, it needs to come back <laughs> in the third. I'm not sure how to fit that in, but I think like but I think you're absolutely right that like that theme needs to come back i feel like what it is is um or one thing to think about is so they had gone so many years without any other contact um with outsiders because Mm -hmm. once um the roots closed it was like you know blood was really the last holdout um Mm -hmm. deep one to return and so when she did they just kept to themselves and they stayed under the water and they didn't Cavour and like she kind of alluded that she would be in trouble for like talking to Anita or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think like they shut it down. Like they were like, no outside contact. You stay here. You don't you don't leave. You don't go to the above world ever. Like that's over. But then when Blood found out that she could contact Anita, I think that it kind of changed things and she has found her own way to like keep up with the happenings. And she has her own, like, you know, group of loyal people to her that are on her side and believe that, like, we can't just, we're still part of this world, even if we're, like, these weirdos under the water. Can I suggest that using Bud's Pond as a go-between or or a portal that some sort of integrated colony of humans and fish people has actually started, like, away from the 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 deep one's own yeah, sanctuary like underwater New Innsmouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool i like it in his old age uh, bud moves back to the pond helps facilitate this is so weird because we could we could technically in the third act now have blood and anita as characters <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> And Herman. Herman, yeah. <laughs> Herman's like ageless. And Sud, they're all alive. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think at this like at 2010, 
Herman's in completely in the new identity, right? Right. He's like, a new person. Yeah. He's a new person. And I think you could only, have the changeling, you couldn't have Herman. Right. But I think only Anita is aware that the this new person is Herman. Like I think shares Herman's, a comic uh, shares a karmic history yeah, with Herman. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. cuz we, we I think we did say that Herman like mostly forgets his old mm-hmm. shells, right? Yeah. So I bet I bet that's kind of sad for Anita then. I mean, I think like part knowing that's kind of how it works. I think during the transition of when he's living both Herman and the new identity, he's very much keeping in touch with Anita. Mm. And then when things Mm. go bad, he's already switched. He just switches over to that. So Anita knows, but the new identity is letting the other stuff go away. Is Herman Loki the doctor? Oh, (laughs) Lee is absolutely right. Herman is the doctor. God, that's wonderful. I love that. That's such an interesting dynamic. And I think you, you could do like a whole like two character season of just like letter uh, correspondence <laughs> between someone who is becoming another person and their old friend who is uh, a time traveler. Yeah. And also like in a job she hates now. <laughs> she hates <laughs> Find us on Facebook and Twitter at VREcast or email us at hi at VRE.show. Check out our website at VRE.show for a listening guide, links to everyone's Twitter, and our shop for some neato merch. If you want to help us out, you can rate and review the show or tell a friend about us. If you enjoy what we do, consider backing us on Patreon. We release a bonus show each month along with a bunch of other extras. Check it out at patreon.com slash VRE. To all our patrons, thanks for supporting us. Uh, when are we clapping? Uh, seven. Uh, t- seven? <laughs> what? <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> seven. Fuck off with his Look, seven shit. Seven's a number, y'all. Trying to, trying to be quirky. You suddenly come out of nowhere with a seven you can't be like 40 years of zero five zero five and then one day be like i know seven 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 sounds good seven you think you're cool how skilled are you i bet you're also one of those bastards who when you ask them to pick a number one to ten they're like ten (laughs) it's counts in there Just kidding. I love you, Logan. (laughs) I love you, too. And I would pick 10.